The following programme is a repeat of The Farm Show, which airs Thursday nights on KCLR from 7. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. This is The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you with thanks to TierlawnFarmLife.com. You're very welcome to The Farm Show on the programme this evening. Very much a, a sheep theme for portion of the programme at least. Uh, elsewhere, just in a, a general musing over the state of the sector, uh, what sheep prices have stabilised at a lot lower than they started out in the year. Uh, Tierlawn milk price down again for July supplies by, what, two and a half cents per litre, which is significant given the... Uh, cuts already enforced over the previous months. The harvest is proving extraordinarily difficult and uh, with heavy rain expected again tomorrow uh, things are only going to get worse in the short term at least. Uh, beef prices uh, certainly still under pressure. Some degree of stabilisation but a long way off the, where they need to be for profitability. Anyway, let's get on with the show. I'm joined in studio by James Murphy uh, who's going to tell me about upcoming sheep sales and uh, general discussions on and around sheep as well as a farm walk incidentally on uh, uh, the Murphy farm next week. We'll have word on that. Elsewhere we have a doggy story. Uh, we'll hear about the sheepdog trials happening I think this weekend in Johnstown. Uh, we're going to look back on the half-year results of Glanbia and uh, catch up with the words of Siobhan Talbot, who is hanging up her boots at the end of the year as CEO of Glanbia PLC. And we'll fit in a couple of March reports, all going well during the evening. First of all, however, uh, James is in studio, but I have uh, Sean Godfrey on the phone, Sean of Sheep Ireland. Sean, how are you? Good in yourself, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Great. I'm 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 in great form. Listen, let's get right down to it. You have a number. Uh, let's start with the, the the announcements. There's a number of elite Eurostar multi-breed ram sales coming up, hosted or organised at least by Sheep Ireland. Yeah, yeah. So um, I suppose our annual elite Eurostar multi-breed ram sale is taking place <clears throat> on the 26th of August in Tullamore Mart. Starting at half eleven, so um, look, there's uh, there's been a record number of entries um, received this year, um, so we'll have over five hundred rams in the sale from from eleven different breeds. Um, I suppose the unique thing about this sale is every ram in the sale is going to be five stars under placement or terminal index, um, which puts them in the top twenty percent for their breed. So, so look, they are they are genetically elite, elite rams, so it is the ideal place for um, commercial sheep farmers to pick up their next their next stock ram. Um, I suppose the other good thing about the sale this year is every ram entered in the sale is eligible for the new Sheep Improvement Scheme. Um, so the, the Sheep Improvement Scheme um, is... <clears throat> there's a new task in the in the Sheep Improvement Scheme this year where, where farmers um, have to purchase um, over the over the, the lifetime of the scheme have to purchase a four- or five-star ram. So um, I suppose the, the, the ideal place to, to pick up that, that ram is at the Tullamore sale um, on Saturday week. Yeah, I see 500 rams, uh, all with five stars, 10 breeds. Most people, I hazard a guess, wouldn't be able to name five breeds, but there's 10 breeds available. All the rams genotyped, as you say, and 100% eligible for SIS. Tell me about SIS, the Sheep Improvement Scheme. Yeah, so the Sheep Improvement Scheme, I suppose, is, is a continuation, I suppose, for the want of a better word, from the, 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 the Sheep Welfare Scheme, which finished up there at the start of the year. Um, so as part of that, as I say, the, there's the genotype ram task in, in, included. Um, so I suppose the, when, when we say genotype ram task, what we mean by genotype is um, genomically tested um, through the Sheep Ireland database. So what, that's, what that means is um, pedigree breeders up and down the country have been taking uh, ear tissue samples from their rams 
and submitting them to, to the lab. Um, so what we get then is much more accurate evaluation for those animals. <clears throat> we get parents' verification. Um, you know, we get scraping, we get inbreeding coefficients and everything like that. So, so um, look, it's uh, the, 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 the genotype we're talking about is, is, um, it is very useful indeed. Yeah, that scheme is starting started at the beginning of this year and runs through to the end of 2027, am I correct? That's right, yeah. So I, I believe it started on the 1st of February um, 23 and it runs for five years. Yeah. Now, there is a, there, there's a, a small concession just in case, and it's not that we're <clears throat> advising or suggesting anyone should avail of it unless absolutely necessary. necessary. There is a concession that if, 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 if shepherds can't source uh, a, a ram, a, a, the right ram this year, that they can leave it over till, till next year with the right permissions. That, that, that's right, yeah. So there's a bit of flexibility after being introduced now. So if you had selected 2023, um, if, if you are having issues in sourcing a RAM this year, that you can move the, uh, your, your genotype RAM task to 2024 or 2025. Um, I suppose that, that comes with the proviso that um, if you do move the RAM task, you will have to complete one of the other tasks um, this year, be it, um, I think, pregnancy scanning is one of those tasks or mineral supplementation of lambs um, before weaning or something like that. So um, I suppose the advice would be um, to farmers who need to buy the ram this year would definitely be to, to, try, and, to try and source the ram if they can. Um, that, would, that would be the advice. Yeah, hugely important if, if people want to drive on this uh, genetic improvement. Uh, James Murphy, th- this is a hugely important scheme. If, if widely adopted, it has the potential, at least, to transform the genetics of the Irish sheep flock. Am I, am I over-egging it? No, absolutely not. Um, I think uh, the scheme itself and the work that Sheep Ireland have done over the last 15 years or so, you could nearly encapsule them into the Sheep Ireland sale at this stage. The sale started out as a slow grower. It's grown and grown and grown on the back of farmer, of commercial farmer ram buyer confidence as they see the benefit of purchasing five star rams. Um, at this stage, uh, Noreen McHugh, who was uh, one of our top geneticists, but bred in the purple, she's a daughter of, of Michael McHugh. A lot of sheep farmers will be familiar with Michael from his days in Chagas. Nori would have no hesitation in saying whatsoever, if you're using a five-star ram on the daughters of a five-star ram, you are making money. You are, um, your, your, your productivity is up. Um, uh, the traits that, that, uh, that you're looking to improve into your flock, you're guaranteed to be getting them. And she makes the point that if you're, introdu- if you're introducing top-class genetics, they grow year on year on year on year. There is improvement. If, on the other hand, unbeknownst to yourself, you're using lower quality genetics or bad genetics, well, they drag down your flock year on year on year. So this is a very important and influential scheme. It's all in the breeding. Sean, just to reiterate that uh, Sheep Ireland event in Tullamore, uh, people can get the catalogue on uh, www.sheep.ie. What time is it starting? Yeah, so the sale is starting at, at, at 11.30. Um, and just in terms of the catalogue, the, the final catalogue will be available tomorrow afternoon at some stage. So look, you can go onto the Sheep Ireland website, www.sheep.ie, and you'll find it there. Um, look, obviously in the day, there'll be, there'll be lots of hard copies of, of the catalogue available at the marts. 
Um, look, as I say, over 500 rams available from, from 11 breeds. So, um, look, there's going to be lots of choice and there'll be a ram to suit everyone's budget on the day. And I suppose that, just to say again, that, that every ram in the sale is eligible for the new sheep improvement scheme. So you needn't be worrying, I suppose, if we, when you arrive on the day wondering what ram is or isn't eligible because they're, they're all eligible. They're all eligible. Anything else excluded. Sean, uh, we'll let you go now. The best of luck with your endeavours and you can get back to the supper. Perfect. Thanks very much, Matt. Take care, Sean. Now, James, you're remaining with us in studio. Uh, the, just to, to, to broaden the conversation, the economics of sheep production. Last year, I thought, gosh, it's, it, at last, sheep farmers going to make a going to make a margin on this. Now, you know, the 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 price of lamb has gone up, but things haven't quite worked out that way in 2023. No, 2023 is, has been uh, um, um, in that the price never really reached the, the heights of last year uh, and it's it's dropped away now to trailing last year's price similar to beef similar to, to, to milk as well I suppose which is a worrying trend across uh, the main sectors but um, if you were selling lambs today now from what I'm hearing on the marketplace you could be offered as low as 6.20 a kilo to 22 kilos I've spoken to a couple of lads who are in a position to get 650 to 22 and a half kilos. I'd say part of the reason for the variation, Matt, would be the quality of lambs. I'm hearing from some factory sources that there's a lot of underfleshed lambs coming through. So if you're one of those uh, sheep farmers who has, is producing a nice, fleshy, well-finished lamb, probably does involve a bit of, of uh, meal feeding or top-end grass quality. Um you're in a position to bargain and to dig in. Uh, I'm also hearing that lambs are not over plentiful at the moment. Uh, so again, if you have the right article, you need to be digging in hard for, I would say, 650 if you can, if you can get it. But that needs to be your starting point. And hopefully the market has bottomed out. Yeah, I've heard some lambs being described as finished, but still skinny. No, that's, that's not, it's a description that can yeah. be, can, that, that's flexible. I mean, it's to do with the confirmation. Yeah. That, um, just the reality is that that grass has been very wet. Lambs have found it very hard to thrive sufficiently to get up to those confirmation uh, um, and, and, uh, traits. And you're right, Matt, and it's a good description, a skinny but, but finished but skinny. Um, I suppose part of the driver of that is the cutoff, which you tend not to get um, um, with, with cattle to the same extent at all. Um, if you're selling to the factory at the moment, I saw lambs during the week, they were cut off at 22 kilos. If you have a lamb that's 46, 47, 48 kilos, but thin, he probably will die uh, as a 22 kilo carcass. But um, he will be, as you say, he'll be he'll be killing skinny. So you're you're actually uh, quite correct in your in your um, description of them there. Yeah, and of course costs have gone up significantly. I mean, that's the reality across all the sectors, but no less so in in um, in lamb production. No less so. Um, even take the meal out of it, uh, fertiliser, uh, and f- um, I'm hearing from from a couple of sources that fertiliser is starting to creep up again. I haven't, fortunately, I haven't I haven't been buying any for the last month, six weeks. Um, you know, uh, all, m- sprays, vaccines, vet costs, everything associated. They've all gone up, um, and we have to be honest and say, f- for the previous two years, the prices on offer were leaving a margin. 
But with the price we're seeing today and the factory need to take this on board, there is no margin for cheap farmers at current prices. So unfortunately, you're back into that worrying scenario where for the next generation of, of young farmers making their mind up, will I stay with the sheep or will I look at something else? There certainly isn't that much of an incentive to stay sheep farming at these current prices. And I hope uh, that the factories can get the markets we need and return the prices that we need to make a few pounds. It's something I, I, I discuss regularly with George on on, on our Mart Report chat, and uh, he won't be with us tonight, as incidentally. Michael Lynch will be delivering the report. but uh, And we've always come to the same conclusion, whatever the price, and, and, and good to see that at least r- has risen on historical prices. But the reality is that if you want to make a full-time living out of it, you need an awful lot of sheep. <laughs> but this this particular debate is it goes back <laughs> right back through the ages Matt and I remember as a younger fellow um, meeting fellow sheep farmers uh, at discussion groups or even over a leisurely point in the pub and and um, deciding you know really to have a worthwhile living and a full time living you'd probably need a thousand or twelve hundred yos would I like to be uh, uh, farming a thousand or twelve hundred yos no I wouldn't it's a it's a it's a tough it's a tough career now and you'd want to know that you had prices similar to last year or the year before. Yeah, not a, not, it, 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 it doesn't deliver on the average farm and the average flock. It doesn't deliver anything like a, a full-time, full-time income. That's the reality of it. Either you have other enterprises or you, you have a job off farm or whatever. Oh, before I forget it, um, there's, a, there's a farm walk on your farm next week. There's a there's a farm walk, there's a dairy farm walk on 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 our farm next week. Yeah, down in Fedon and in Astique. Um Chagas have all the detail. Um, look, uh, it'll be focused pretty much on grass. Um, and um, I I stay very much in the background. It's my son Tom who will be who will be the driver of that now. Um, and uh, it'll be a, it'll be a right good day. Hopefully there'll be a good attendance. I know Tom takes his his grass management very very seriously. They'll be looking at uh, clover mixes. They'll be looking at multi species. The problems surrounding that. So look, it'll be a good as always with those uh, farm walks. It'll be a good informative event and um, hopefully we'll see a good attendance yeah there's a there, there is a, as you say a number of uh, offshoots of it like, as as in multi-species swords as in clover production that to what extent has has the murphy farm adopted those um those different practices I think like all dairy farmers, we're very, very open to uh, new practices, to new concepts. Um, we're being guided and coaxed and in some cases driven by um, climate change requirements and by the requirement to meet uh, uh, certain targets and to improve water quality. Um, I suppose on our farm, if you were to ask Tom, he would say it's, 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 a, it's a journey. And it's a learning curve. Um, he does see merit in the, the multi-species, but um, there are also challenges, particularly with uh, weed control. So again, we're trying some some um, uh, new approaches. We, we purchased a weed liquor this year um, and we're learning about that and what it can do. We're hoping that it'll protect our, our, our clover and, and our multi-species and give us control of, of docks in particular, which are proven to be quite a challenge. Um, but look, you know, at, at the same time, what I suppose is, is quite interesting at the moment in a lot of dairy farms is the learnings around clover. 
um, and how to get better value out of that, how to try and, and, and get longevity out of it. Um, I see we, we receded this spring. We waited a long time for it to get going now with the weather, but um, um, we put in a, a heavy dose of red clover. That's looking very, very promising. We've had a cut at this stage. We're uh, probably going to be cutting in the next couple of weeks and um, second cut. And again, you know, a learning, a journey. Um, uh, uh, we'll see how we go, but we're like like dairy farmers generally. We're wide open to exploring all the options. Yeah, and of course, there's all kinds of options for finishing lambs as well. Red start. The red, so yeah, and and even the red clover now. And I mean, I'm, <laughs> I I hope to get a a run out a bit of the red clover when we get the the final cut of silage off of it. Um, it grows quite well right into the autumn and can take a a, a graze from sheep. I've done it in the past from a pure red clover strand. So, um, you know, we'll 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 be hopeful there. Um, and I suppose, um, on the ram thing, just while you're mentioning it there, um. Uh, Sean makes the point that it'll be a real opportunity in Tullamore um, Saturday week to pick up um, SIS eligible rams. I think that market, that uh, you'll see a lot of farmers hoping to pick up rams there. And for our local lads in Kilkenny and Carlow and surrounding counties, our first Kilkenny sheep breeder sale on the first Monday in September, that's the 4th of September. Um, all the rams will have figures, but this year for our first sale, uh, we've committed to every ram in the sale being SIS eligible. So you come to that sale first Monday in September. We're hoping to put uh, 50-ish rams of, of different breeds through the ring and they will all be eligible again for the SIS scheme. Well, that has to be the baseline now and that's coming up on the, the first Monday in, in September. Uh, that farm walk that we mentioned, Soil Health and Autumn Grass Management, Thursday the 24th of August, 11am on the Murphy Farm at Fidon and Inishtig. That's r 95 h 2 no and there'll be uh, grass discussions, grass clover and mixed swards, end of season management, grazing infrastructure, autumn grassland management. James, you'll stay with us for the next uh, conversation because it, it, it'll be of interest to you with your, with your longevity as a shepherd. <laughs> the Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. Now, I promised you a doggy story, and I'm not making little of it. Uh, I, I've I always found sheepdog trails to be enormously entertaining and uh, quite a spectacle. Uh, James Murphy remains mit- with me in studio. I'm joined on the phone by Miriam Lettner. Miriam, uh, I know a good few years ago, back 2015, 2016, the Irish uh, uh, sheepdog trails were held in Thomastown. This year, they're in Kilkenny again, this time moving to Johnstown. No, Matt, it's actually the other way around. Sorry, but it's a long time ago. Um, 2015, um, we had the Irish National Sheepdog Trials in Johnstown, North Kilkenny. And I'm happy that I'm part of the organising committee this year for the Irish National in Thomastown, um, between Bennett's Bridge and Thomastown. Please, please forgive me, one town. I get in one town no mixed up with another. So it's happening in <laughs> Thomastown. And uh, listen, it, it is, as I say, a great spectacle. It is a great event, not only for us sheepdog handlers, but also for farmers and also for spectators that have actually nothing to do with sheep or sheepdogs. It's just fabulous to see sheepdogs walking and to see how the handler and the dog walk a bunch of sheep around the course. It's it's just something fascinating, I think. Yeah, it'll, it'll run over three days from the 24th to the 26th. Yes, it's a three-day event. It's our national. It's like the All-Ireland final. 
Um, so it's great that it's in Kilkenny again. Um, it's 150 best Irish dogs competing for a place in the international. Um, it's very, uh, everyone is very proud if you can represent your country um, in the international that's held two weeks after the national. Uh, any harm to ask where that uh, international event is held? Um, Ireland is actually blessed this year. Um, all the big Irish, uh, all the big uh, sheepdog events are held in Ireland this year. So we have the national next week in Thomastown and then we have the international two weeks later in County Wicklow and then only a week later we have the world trial uh, up in County Down which is only held every three years so there will be worldwide sheepdog handlers and spectators in Ireland hopefully already and over the next few weeks I go mal to be all to be enjoyed in due course. Stay with me a moment, uh, Miriam. James, in, in your years, uh, did you always have a dog, a sheep dog? Always had, um, still do. Um, my sheep dog at the moment now is getting on a little bit my, like myself, and uh, he sits up behind me on the quad. He's more a sheep advisor uh, than he is actually a sheep dog consultant. I consultant, think. absolutely, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. But uh, I've always been fascinated by the relationship, the working relationship between and the trust that's involved between uh, the sheep dog handler trainer and the sheep dog. And I would encourage anyone. Um, who's listening whether they have any interest in sheep or in dogs or in farming at all come along to this event and you'll be amazed at, at the, um, uh, the the show at the sheer exuberance of of the dogs when they when they're rounding the sheep and it's so spectacular to see and and you then you, you can actually then envisage those dogs take them out of that enclosed environment. Now that's a very intense environment, and you put those dogs out and many of them out onto the open hill and see what they can actually do. Some of these really top end um, dog handlers, they can actually handle two, three, four dogs at the same time rounding up sheep off the hill. So it's a it, it's a spectacular sport, passion, whatever you want to call it. Ah, uh, absolutely great animals, Miriam. One final question for you, or more of a comment from you, perhaps. When we say sheepdog, there are a number of breeds within that breed, if I could put it that way. Well, we are all, and what you will see at the national and in the high spec of, of walking dogs, that's all border collies. Um, first, they are the sheepdogs. But the border collie is not only useful for sheep, they, they are also very useful on cattle. So all the dogs, or most of the dogs that you will see um, over the next days, are uh, not only, you know, not only sheepdog handlers that might have it as a, have the dogs as a hobby. Most of us farm, um, we farm sheep and cattle. So these dogs are not only used to go out at the trial field and handle five sheep around the course in a very, um, um, ex- very spectacular way as in very detailed. You would also see loads of these dogs the days before or the days after working 500 or a flock of 1,000 yos or a few, you know, a, a, a bunch of cattle. Um, so these dogs are, uh, like you said, they are partners for farmers and they are the right hand and the left hand and very, very important um, um, part of our daily life in farming routine. 
Absolutely. And of course, as in the, the conversation we were having earlier on sheep breeding, years and years and years, generations of, of dog breeding to bring them to this level of excellence. All there to be seen from the 24th to the 26th of this month in Newtown, Thomastown. Miriam, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Thanks so much, Matt. Take thank care. You. Now we're taking a quick break and we'll line up our Agri Aware guest. Podcasts on KCLR, Scoreline Extra, weekly sport interview highlights and bonus content. Um, just before I do let's go, Mickey, why don't myself do a bit of fun on the, on the commentaries, and we do know that Abbey Leaks is a rhetorician with golf. I've played the course a few times, I do enjoy it, but good golfers over there. Mickey said that you told them one time you were a good golfer, so our listeners now want to know, they've been texting, and what's the handicap? Uh, 5.2 is the index. Right, well, Mrs. Murphy, if you're listening, he's a good player at 5.2. Podcasts on KCLR, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Download and discover today for free. Now I'm joined by Marcus O'Halloran of uh, AgriAware. Uh, Marcus, how are you? I'm not too bad, Matt, myself. Never better. Marcus, big open day happening down Waterford Way. Yes, Matt. Yeah, we're AgriAware uh, in conjunction with uh, Shane Fitzgerald and the Fitzgerald family are hosting an open day on his dairy farm on Sunday. Um, it's 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 a... Uh, a really prosperous farm. Shane is the practice of everything we're preaching, Matt. You know, so I think it's 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 a really good time for us to be showing the, the general public uh, what what we and and the dairy industry and dairy farmers are doing. Yeah, and it's hugely important. And I, I I'm I'm aware of all the promotional work that the Fitzgeralds do, and it's it's uh, very very important that people are willing to open their farm literally to the general public. We we need that, and we we rely on that as an industry, Matt. Um, you know, we need to continue to establish and build trust with our consumers uh, to ensure that our dairy products are, are consumed. And you know, it's it's important on the home front, and it's equally important on 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 the national front uh, or uh, an international front as well that our products are trusted. Uh, and there's no better way of actually establishing and building that trust than bringing people onto farm and showing them the practices, showing them the good practices uh, that that dairy farmers and all farmers are engaged in to protect our environment and to produce clean food. Now, I can't emphasise enough, and I know you want to do the same thing. This is open and focused to the general public as as much or more so as it is to the to the farming community. Absolutely, Matt. Um, I suppose on the day, just to, just to give an example, you know, uh, we in the farming community would be would be very aware of, of different uh, terminologies that we use. I suppose the likes of multi-species sport, we know what that does. Uh, but you know, um, Joe or Josephine Soap might not might not know that 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 grassland actually takes the nitrogen from the atmosphere and and converts it into nitrogen in the ground through the legumes. Uh, and it's important that we can show that, and that's how we're actually reducing our chemical nitrogen input. You know, uh, we need to show them the, the biodiversity that, that is on farms also, uh, and 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 you know, show them the, the work that's being done to to ensure that our hedgerows are being protected, uh, to ensure that um, you know that that wildlife is given a chance, Matt. Uh, but you also to see that the environment that the cows are actually in themselves, uh, and that the cows are they're content, they're they're fed well, they're looked after. Uh, and they're producing a clean product, but I suppose yeah, this 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 open day is is actually it's, it's aimed at the general public. It's aimed at getting them on a farm, and it's aimed at families in particular, even just so they can come, see, feel, and 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 touch how their milk dairy, how their milk, cheese, and yogurt is produced. 
Usually important. I'm just looking at the, the list of events on the day. Meet the Fitzgeralds, of course, and they're the central focus and uh, very able and willing to discuss their, their, their lives and their livelihoods with the, with, with the people who will be there. There's cookery demonstration, biodiversity trail, lawn games, food trucks, and, and special guests. There's a, there's the, the, the secret ingredient. But listen, it all happening, uh, uh, from 11 to 4 p.m. on the 20th of August on the Fitzgerald Dairy Farm. And now tell me where it is just before you go. Okay, so it, it's not far. It's not far from Port Law. It's about five minutes. Uh, it's only about 10 or 15 minutes from Kilmac Thomas. From the bridge in Waterford, it's actually only 13 or 14 kilometres. Um, so the, the air code for the farm itself is X91RY18. Uh, but you can find out more, Matt, at agriaware.ie forward slash events, and, and all that information is actually there on it. But I might just add, uh, Matt, you know, there's, there's a lot of things there in the day. We'll be, we'll be showing people how cows are milked, and when they actually, when they, when they see that and come through the milking parlour, uh, Tiron will be there with the milk truck, and they can actually sample some milk. Um, you know, we'll have Flavin, the local, a local food producer, uh, our local a local business will be there with, with flapjacks and, and different things and we'll also be face painting for, for kids you know so it, it's a good family day uh, it'll be a nice day we'll have uh, we have food trucks that'll be there you'll be able to come get a cup of coffee walk around uh, and you'll be also able to get a burger and a chip at the end of it and, 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 and chill out you know so it, it's set to be hopefully the weather will play ball now Matt and that's the biggest thing I think we're all looking at at the moment but uh, no look it should be it should be a good day uh, it should be a good day and a proud day for the industry too I think the weather will be fine uh, after we get this big rain tomorrow I think we're in for a few dry days <laughs> we deserve them but listen promises to be a great event for anyone that is even mildly curious about how food is produced Marcus thank you very much for joining us this evening The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe brought to you by tierlawnfarmlife.com Earlier this week, Glanbia PLC announced its first half results and uh, the, the profitability was up, even if uh, revenue turnover, if you want to call it that, uh, was down. But uh, here's Siobhan, first of all, talking about the performance to date. And, uh, let's yes, hear what very she has pleased, to say. building on a successful last year. We're ahead of expectations for the first half of this year, really driven by those consumer trends in health and wellness and particularly our branded business. Big businesses, you know, in North America doing very well. Now, she then went on to talk about guidance for uh, the uh, year in terms of uh, margins. Yes, it's the second time this year. We started earlier um, in the year and we had updated to 7 to 11% growth in our earnings. We're delighted that with that momentum across the group, we can now upgrade again. 12 to 15% growth is what we would anticipate for full year 23. And then even uh, if you might think the performance was impressive enough, but bigger news uh, in terms of uh, Siobhan's uh, retirement, imminent retirement, I should say. Yes, Kieran, it's it's a very exciting time. Um, Glanbia is in such a great place now. It's been a phenomenal journey for me personally. I started in Lungarvan, goodness, over 30 years ago. But we're in great shape and I'm really thrilled with such a strong internal successor in you who will take over in January. One of the big events, of course, during her latter times was the uh, Tierlawn divorce, if we can call it that, on amicable terms. And uh, Siobhan had commentary on that. It's been a massive privilege for me and an honour to be part of that journey. What I think we've collectively created with the stakeholders is, is just huge. And Tierlawn is a really strong organisation, still our largest shareholder in the PLC. And the PLC very much focused globally now on developing that better nutrition. We have billion-dollar brand in sports nutrition, great 
global leading markets in ingredients. And collectively and with all the boards over the years, we've, collect, we've created these two great organisations. Uh, and a lot of farmers in Ireland are shareholders of Glenbia PSC. So we're very delighted and pleased and, you know, very respectful of our roots. And that would no doubt be the way indeed under huge stewardship as he takes Glenbia forward. Yes, and uh, congratulations on uh, Siobhan on her retirement. Uh, Larkin Roach Kelly, uh, business editor with the Irish Farmers Journal, joins me on the phone. Don't know if you caught uh, my um, first commentary on the half-year results, Larkin. Uh, revenue down, but uh, profitability up. It's a, it's a neat trick that every farmer would like to be able to replicate. Uh, no, I, I think I think the farmers are feeling a lot of the this, this sting from that from that at the moment because the reason the revenue was down is because um, Glambia was buying and selling way um, cheaper than they were last year. Basically, the price of dairy products has gone down, and that's a benefit for Glambia because they actually consume more than they produce themselves. So, as I was, I was actually talking to Siobhan Tabla about this on the day results came out, and she said, "Yeah, like the, the drop in dairy prices is actually a benefit for Glambia these days, a long way from um, I suppose what they used to be with um, the Glambia Ireland when they used to worry about milk prices. Now, falling milk prices is a good thing for them. So, it means their turnover is down because the amount of stuff they're buying and selling is down, but they're making more money. Basically, the raw material costs have fallen, reduced their turnover, but they're making more money from what they're selling." So their margins higher. Yeah, and margins uh, expected to be well over 10%, maybe even up to touching 15 if, if they got all fair wins. So that would suggest that they're in very good health and even their, their, their debt ratio is down significantly. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely just down below one at the moment, and their 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 margins are looking good. They're like I said, this is the second end of upgraded the guidance for this year. Like you know, they brought it up to I think it's eleven to fifteen percent. So that's kind of you know looking ahead. That that looks like a strong thing. And if you look at the numbers that they produced, like the, the Optimum Nutrition brand, this 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 basically the the one that the weight builders and the, the exercise people are into, it just seems to be a complete money spender for them. They are making money hand over fist on that one, which is great to see that they have that kind of asset there. Obviously, the the kind of the place things think. think the whole place is slim fast. Like if you look at what that's done, I think they paid over three hundred million euros for it. It turned over less than eighty million in the first six months of this year. And according to the report, they said like their U.S. consumption is down thirty percent in the last three months. So it's really slim fast. Is looking like a, like like a bit of a dog at the moment. Even they said themselves that they're going to concentrate their investment and concentrate their marketing on the brands they're working for them right now. They're losing shelf space in the U.S. with slim fast as well, so customers aren't even seeing the product anymore. So I think slim fast might kind of hang around for as long as Siobhan is there but as soon as Siobhan moves off to pastures green I think they might try and look at offloads and faster try for something to do it because the brand just is not performing for them at all at the moment. Yeah and speaking of her imminent retirement at the end of the year unlikely that we're going to hear of anything dramatic in the interim or she'd be there to, to, to lead it in, in for, for, a, for a while at least. Yeah, you wouldn't expect any major corporate changes to happen now. Would be they were kind of in the I suppose almost like the with U.S. presidents, they call it the lame duck period when like you're just waiting for the next person to come in. So it's not about going on. So they've announced the successor. The fact that successor is an internal person may make things slightly more easy for them, as then we're not looking for any big changes. Like when we see like as I wrote in the my business email today I send out to people that um, one thing I noticed was that like the first John Maloney I think was the first person there he was a 14 year veteran before he became CEO Siobhan was 20 years before she became CEO and Hugh now coming in is also 20 years before he becomes CEO so these are kind of all internal people become CEO of the company and it, it's good for continuity 
But if you're looking for some kind of scum and come in and kind of shake things up and kind of really kind of you know, push the company in kind of new directions and come up with new imagination, you're not going to get that with someone who's been there for the last 20 years, especially someone like you who's been the CEO of the GPN part of it already. So I think it's it's a very much a continuity constant person. And like, you know, the company's done well under Siobhan Talbot overall. It's like she said herself, she's, she's happy with the performance. And she's right. The performance generally the company, the, the earnings have grown every year. The share price hasn't performed particularly well, I have to say, but I think there's like lots of things on there that maybe um, she, she wouldn't have much control over. But I think like if you're looking for Lambia suddenly to get to become an exciting company to start following, I don't think an internal candidate is the the way you'll get that. Yeah, it's a, a bit of a jump in the share price today. Anyway, up 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 a few cents or a good few cents yeah. in fact on on. I, I yeah, give you a sense, yeah. 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 Now, just compare and contrast for a moment uh, whilst I have you. Uh, Siobhan, very much a, a, an accounting background. Uh, Hugh McGuire yep. comes in with a scientific background in the main. He, I mean, he has he has extra qualifications in business, but uh, will that make a particular difference? Uh, difference in direction, oh. difference in emphasis. I- I, I don't think so. I think also like if you look at Hugh's CV as well, like he's got, um, he worked for McKinsey for a good while, like, so he worked for one of the big consultancy firms that was kind of involved in management. And he's so like 20 years at, at Lambia, he's been CEO of the, the performance nutrition thing for the last, um, 10 years. So I, I think very much he, he knows the business is out. He knows the company inside out. He's not going to, I think, bring it off straight in a new direction from start to finish. And also because he's heading up, I suppose, the most successful individual within the company, I think the chance of him wanting to change anything radically early doors is probably fairly low. He might get, a, the one thing he might get a chance, I said earlier, like because his new seal, but you might get a chance to kind of unwind some of the things that might be mistakes from the previous administration. So there'll be less pride attached to, okay, we could just write off slim fast or something like that. That's something that it'd be easier for Hugh to do than obviously for Siobhan to do. Yeah. And, and, and when you're, when you're early doors, as they say in, uh, in, 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 in sporting terms, you're better off to do it early on and clear the, the pitch. Pull off the bad bit quick because they'll only leave at the festival. Yes, I, I think. But like, it's, like he, I think, like the one thing about Hugh Cumin, he knows the business inside out. He knows the company inside. He probably has some ideas himself what he'd like to change. So when he comes to us, we'll have an opportunity to do it. And one thing we looked at from Glambia, like Siobhan was there for ten years, and the previous person was there I think, for nine years or eight or nine years. So they don't change CEOs quickly. Like the, this is kind of. You come in and if any accused is probably in his early fifties, he could be there for ten or twelve years. So he should get plenty of road to make the changes he wants on the, to the company. So I think like these definitely the opportunity to do that. Larkin Roach Kelly, business editor of the Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you very much for joining me this evening. Thanks for having me, Matt. Now let's go straight over for some more sheep talk in Tullow with Eric. Another large sale today in Tullow here with over 2,500 sheep on offer. Numbers really swelling here today and the trade standing up to it also. Looking to them heavy lambs there. Top call today of 172 there for lambs there, 55 kilos. But the majority of those 48 to 50 kilos selling there between 146 up to 155 and 6 and a good lively trade from butcher activity. I would say the factory lambs then though, 46, 47, 44, 46, 47 kilos. They're selling in the region there from the 130 up to 142 and 3 here depending on type and flesh. Store lamb trade there, good lively trade for the store lambs there. They're selling uh, the mid 30 kilos there, anything there from the late 80s up to 100, 103 and 4, 39, 42 kilos. They're selling anything there from 100 up to 110, 15 euros. Cash Joe trade, no great change here. Them heavy yos up to a top call of 240 euro. Lots of yos there, 80, 90 kilos, selling in excess of 2 euros. 
I would see the Hoggett Joe trade here. Good lively trade for the Hoggets there. Up to 235 euro per head there. Uh, with Brew Joes there. Genuine Brew Joes there. Uh, selling from uh, 160 up to 200 euro. 210 there in some cases there for genuine twos and threes. So overall, very lively trade here in Trollo. A lot of sheep on offer. Uh, but glad to say the trade is standing to the numbers. Thank you. The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. KCLR Mart Report Sponsored by Kilkenny Livestock Mart Serving the farming community for over 60 years Now as I mentioned earlier George's sub is tugged out and ready to go Michael Lynch, manager of Killeen Hill Take it away Michael uh, Good evening Matt um, Today in Killeen Hill Not a huge number of cattle on offer Something similar to last week About 550 cattle on offer um, I suppose the reason to be good weather this week uh, is probably keeping people in the fields to do whatever they have to do. And also, I suppose, the fact that there is a bit of grass out there, that helps to keep people on, not under the same pressure to sell cattle if they're not happy with what they think the prices are going to be. Having said that, um, the trade remained quite steady uh, in Killing Hill. Today. Heavy cattle were probably matching the factory trade and in some cases probably surpassing it. And quality stores, again, they're commanding good prices and probably the dairy types, buyers are probably a bit more discerning. Um, in the bullock ring today, heavy cattle, 600 kilos plus, factory cattle there, Continental's making anything from 250 to 290 a kilo. Um, and Aberdeen Angus and Herbert's making about 230 per kilo. The light and forward stores, uh, Frisians there, you know, could talk about the best of them, 220 to 240, and maybe lesser types, 180 to 190 per kilo. Herefords and Angus is 240 to 260 per kilo, and Continents again, 260, and some of them making 3 euros per kilo, the best of them. Uh, the light, the very light cattle under 400 kilograms, uh, light Frisians there, probably 150 to 165 a kilo. Herefords and Angus is 240 to 260, and the Continents again, uh, pretty strong, 260 all the way up to 310. Some prices there, six Herefords, 395 kilos, 1200 or 304 a kilo. Seven Charolais, 415 kilos, 1145 euros or 275 a kilo. Three Anguses, 577 kilos, making 1500 or 260 a kilo. And 10 Frisians there, uh, 630 kilos, making 1360 or 216 per kilo. In the heifer ring, uh, probably an improved trade, I think a little bit slightly up on last week here. Uh, again, not huge numbers, but Hereford and Angus is here, making anything from 230 to 260 per kilo. And Continental's 260 up to 290 in general, and the best of them making over 3 euros per kilo. Some prices there, 9 Anguses, again, 386 kilos, making 950, or 246 kilo. 3 Limousines, 420 kilos making 11.70 or 2.77 per kilo. Two Charolais, 503 kilos uh, making 14.70 or 2.92 per kilo. And two Herefords, 488 kilos making 11.40 or 2.34 per kilo. In the cowering, very small number here. There are only about 40 cows on offer here today. Uh, again, trade is pretty good. Uh, Frisians making anything from 150 to 180. Uh, the best of the heaviest of the cows making up to 190 per kilo and Continentals making anything from 2 euros up to 250 for the best of those. 
So all in all, on the cattle side of things, look, the trade is pretty steady uh, compared to the prices, I suppose, the pressure that's under the beef prices, and then we hear a little bit of slippage every week. Not quite the same slippage uh, in, in the sales ring, and I think certainly uh, some of those better cattle, you know, some of the some of the buyers would argue that they should be cheaper uh, based on the prices that they're looking at going forward, but uh, the quality is still selling quite well. On Monday, we had our sheep sale, a uh, big sale there, over 750 sheep on offer. And uh, in, that, in that situation, we had uh, butcher's lambs making anything from 126 to 158 euros per head. 15 lambs there at 55 kilos making 158. Factory lambs making anything from uh, 100 euros up to 146. Uh, five lambs, 49 kilos making 146 and uh, a selection of a nice selection of store lambs on offer and they made up to 114 per head 13 lambs at 39 kilos making 114 um Collios, um yes a good trade for those anything from 8 euros up to the best of them making 240 per head we also had a selection of breeding os uh, they're starting to come out now and they made anything from the 180 to 215 per head and speaking of the breeding yews on Monday, that's next Monday, the 21st, we have our annual breeding yo and lamb show and sale that takes place on Monday. Uh, so if we are still taking entries for that up to tomorrow evening, anyone wants to enter into it, uh, there will be prizes obviously for the best uh, yo lamb and the best pen of uh, breed hogger yews as well. That sale will start at 12.30 on Monday. And on Thursday, then we have our cattle sale as normal again. So I suppose, Matt, look, all in all, the cattle trade is steady enough in, in, in spite of the uh, threatening prices from the factory side of things. Uh, certainly people that bought cattle earlier in the year, they are feeling the pressure, I suppose. The people that are buying them now uh, are still, they feel, paying enough for them uh, based on, on, on the price they're going forward. Hopefully they will be rewarded for them. And the sheep side of things... It's been up and down, I suppose, a little bit, but um, it has steadied a little bit over the last uh, couple of weeks and hopefully that will reflect in people continuing to buy uh, breed nose over the next few weeks. Now, it's up to everyone to do their own business and I'm certainly not going to advise them one way or the other, nor, nor, nor would you, I presume, but given the figures you quoted there for heavy-finished cattle uh, and, and assuming a decent kill-out percentage, looks like they're getting their money. Yeah, I, I, we're just looking at that there today. Is some there were some cattle I think probably went home today, not too many, and I suppose maybe the people felt they they, they get more. And when you do the sums yourself based on what you do, I think they were there thereabouts. Yeah, maybe there might be there might be ten twenty quid ahead uh, more in it. Uh, it's always hard to know exactly, but I think I, I mean it depends on the animal, the kilos and so on. Yeah, there was a time maybe a month ago they were definitely getting ahead in the ring of what they were getting in the factories I'd say they're certainly getting as much and for the better lots maybe a little bit more uh, and uh, it doesn't seem to be I don't know what's like on the ground but there doesn't anecdotally there's not a huge amount of uh, finished cattle out there that's what people are saying um, so you would think that the prices should be a bit stronger than they are but look the next few weeks probably will tell a lot Michael Lynch, thank you very much. Uh, plenty of comments coming in this evening. Marion Dalton, uh, apropos the lamb costs, uh, mentioned meal prices uh, as being too high, though I dare say the tillage farmer will have a different opinion on that. But there you go. Everyone has to be facilitated. My thanks to everyone who uh, participated tonight. Uh, thanks to Martin for producing and engineering. For me, Matt O'Keefe, until we talk again, farm well, farm safely, and goodbye for now. 
The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com.